Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is Carol. How are you doing, Carol? <laughs> hey, what's up? See, I told you. If we if we switch things up, why would we do it? Why would we switch things up? I don't know. I said I'm sorry. Please stop. I'll never let you forget this. I think for the sake of anybody listening to these tapes, you should. Oh, okay. Why? Well, because it's going to get all discombobulated. Mm. Okay. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know what to do with that statement. <laughs> Speaking of discombobulated, though, it is March 9th, 1996, and we've got little news today. Not much news today. Okay, well, what, Very what's little a little today. bit of news that we have? So, the only thing in the paper all week that I found that was interesting in any way is stop, look, and listen Detroit Rock is on a roll. Just check out the chart on the right. To hear sound samples of the groups, call the Free Press Plus at 1-313-962-PLUS or 1-800-975-PLUS from outside the, the outside, then, oh, outside the state. Okay. <laughs> then press the correct code for the artist you wish to hear. So they've got little codes here. And... These are the the Detroit rock bands that apparently are on the rise. I've heard of one of these, I think, hmm. but not many of them. Uh, Sponge. I've heard of Sponge. Yeah. And their code is 2525. In the year 2525. Uh, what the hell was it? That's a song. Their latest, By Sponge? No. Then why? A song from the 70s. Uh, the, their sound is moody, alternarock. Their latest disc is Rotting Pinata. Singing status, second chaos. Or, oh, sorry, sorry, not singing status. So I can't read today. Signing status. Uh, second chaos slash Columbia album due late summer. Then there's Chemical Farm. Which is a techno rock. Hmm. Or I'm sorry, Charm Farm. That sounds a lot better. Charm Farm. Uh, a techno rock. Chemical Farm makes me think about, like, farmers sitting around getting high. I don't know. <laughs> makes me think of DDT. That's what, that's what it makes me What's think of. What's DDT? It's the pesticides and stuff. Oh. Uh, Silent oh. spraying and all that. You know? Well, my brain's more fun than yours. Apparently, yes, it is. Speaking of... Fun brains. Their latest disc is Pervert. That's not very charming. No, it's not Charm Farm. Uh, Suicide Machines, which is a ska punk band. Their late, their new, their album's coming soon. It's not out yet. Have you heard of this new ska type music? Yeah, I've heard of it. It's the we talked about about two, about two years ago. Nah. Yes, in 1994, we talked about the Stray Cats' own Brian Setzer, Seltzer, and how he wanted to start a band that was big band, swingy kind of, but for the modern age. 
Okay. And that is what they're calling Ska now. Interesting. Yeah. So he started a thing. Yes, he did. Brian Seltzer. Like seltzer water. Yeah, I think so. I think it's Setzler or something. I don't know. Uh, Wig is the next band. They're a heavy dark rock. I don't like dark rock. (laughs) Their album is called Deliverance. Maybe they squeal like pigs on it. I like dark things, though. Not dark rock. Like what? (laughs) Well, like... What dark things do you like, Carol? Like horror movies and, and like, goth style and... Goth style? Yeah. What's goth? What's goth? Come on. Come on. You come on. Tell me what goth is. You know, not wearing all, pe- all I black. I know what goth is, but not all the people are going to know what and goth is. And wearing black makeup and black lipstick and dyeing your hair black. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I would do if it weren't oh. for the fact that, you know, you like it when I look like a person instead of a zombie. So Yeah, people that like to dress up like corpses. Yeah. I would totally do and that. Cut themselves with razor blades. Wow. That took it even darker. Well, that's 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 the kind of dark rock you're gonna get with wig. Well, dark. I'm just saying, like dark rock. Like it's usually like close to heavy metal, right? I don't know. I've never really heard of the sound of dark rock. I've heard of heavy metal. I've heard of you know heavy rock, but I've never heard of heavy dark rock. I don't like it when they just throw. A, they they don't even do music. They just throw a chunk of obsidian <laughs> on the stage. There's a heavy dark rock. There you go. I don't like screaming. Like, oh, is that what it is? Is it that the the like a Hello! That's what I am envision from the term dark rock. But I don't know if it's right. Like, what's his name? The guy that cuts himself on stage Ugh. all the time. Oh, I can't think of his name now. Ah, oh, damn it! It's gonna drive me nuts. It's gonna drive me nuts. I didn't even know about this. Yeah, there's this dude. He's a heavy rock guy, and he's not super popular. I think he's dead. If I remember, Maybe he killed himself. If I remember correctly, but he like he used to he cuts cut himself on stage and stuff like that. He bleed all over the audience. Oh my god, mm. that's not okay. I can't remember his name. Hello, though. AIDS. <laughs> what? W- worst greeting card ever. <laughs> Hello, AIDS. <laughs> it's just that, right? That's what that's. That's the greeting card that Telly buys for every girl he slept. Oh my god! It's like a sympathy card. Just like after he sleeps with him, just hands him the card and leaves. They open it up and it says "Hello AIDS," <laughs> and then it's just got an AIDS pamphlet in there. Things that you can do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the next band on this list probably doesn't have AIDS. Their code twenty five twenty in the year twenty five twenty nine. Verve Pipe is what they're called. I've not heard of them either. They're a college rock uh, band. Hmm. Their first album or whatever is called Pop Smear. Ew! Pop Smear. Come on. Well, stop it with the bodily fluid stuff. What they are. Uh, Then there's Horse Heavy Alternative Rock. They have no disc. Heavy yet. man. Oh, it's very heavy. They don't have any code either because they don't have an album out yet. Uh, then there's Insane Clown Posse. We have talked about Insane Clown Posse before. How the fuck do they get on a list to call in and listen to their music? And they don't even have music to put on the thing. Well, they have music. It's like it's not like 
It's not like they, they're they sitting around in their basement and like, hey, let's start a band. What would we call it? Horse. What, what, would it, what would the sound be? Uh, how about heavy metal rock? All right. Let's call the free press. But what are we supposed to do with this information? There's no number. So why are they on the list? Well, the reason they're on the list is because they are completing negotiations with RCA right now to sign with RCA Records. So they have music. They just, the free press doesn't have... Uh, access to it, I guess. I I wouldn't mention. It's like I agree with you. They shouldn't be on the list, but it's like having a a, no a offense, baby horse. shower because you're trying to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody! It's gonna happen one day. Uh, Insane Clown Posse. We've talked about them. They're hardcore rap. I don't know if I if I exactly ICP agree with that, but. They're from Detroit. They, well, these these bands are all from Detroit. These are all Detroit bands. Oh, that's the point of this article. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> then there's Robert Bradley, R and B tinged rock. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to say about him. Stuart Frankie, folk rock. I like folk. Where the river meets the bay. That's his latest disc. They I say don't disc like too. His they don't say album. They say disc. Where the river meets the bay. Come on, like that sounds like something my grandpa would listen to. Then we got. Well, then I p- would like it. Then right. Right. <laughs> we can't. She's leaving everyone. Then they get getaway cruiser, edgy pop rock band is three fourths of what used to be Whirling Road. <laughs> I love that they put that in there in the sound. They also have no disc. <laughs> And you can't call in to hear them. Label interest from Atlantic Geffen, Columbia. So (laughs) Atlantic Geffen is somewhat interested in three-fourths of what used to be (laughs) Whirling Road. And it's good enough to make this list. I think the person that did this was like, there's not there's not a band on here to make a list. Right? Wow. That's this is an embarrassment. Uh, the DTs, which is Power Pop. Their latest album is The DTs. The DTs Power Pop. National Radio Play. Major label interest. And then there's Big Block. Uh, melodic Pop Rock. Guardrails, their album. And recent New York major label showcases. So these last ones are ones where... They're just, they have some people interested. So the ones that look like they're the furthest along are Sponge, the only ones I've heard of, Charm Farm, Suicide Machines, Wig, Verve Pipe, uh, and Insane Clown Passe. Huh. Not impressed. You're not? This list. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about them. I, I mean, should we listen to Pop Smear by the Verve? No. By Verve Pipe? I refuse to listen to anything called pop smear. What's verve pipe mean? What's Maybe a, a reverberating pipe. Or a reverberating pipe. Ooh, interesting. All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll keep we'll keep an eye on these bands, and we'll see if they ever become anything. Doubtful. <laughs> Speaking of people that become something, though, <laughs> Scott, our our. Our good friend is back. He's Yay, be- Scott. He's become something of a fixture on the show. 
So Scott wrote, writes us a letter. I'm a little confused about this letter. So you you see, help me f- see if you can help me Uh-oh. decipher this. What's, what's going on with Scott? Hello again. Once again, I'm trying to, quote, binge your show. That's that term that he came up with. Right. It's not just for Kelly Taylor trying to... Uh, <laughs> Trying to lose weight anymore. Your sh- uh, binge your show while doing homework and other chores around the house. I'm up to your comical new direction where you pretend you are unstuck in time like Kurt Vonnegut and are talking about being from 2021. I have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, I know what he's talking He's talking about Slaughterhouse-Five uh-huh. uh, being unstuck in time. That's a very good book. But uh, I don't... I don't know what he's talking about with Scott, dude. Were you tripping on some acid? It's it, okay. It's nice to imagine that you two will someday get married in the future. I guess that is nice. I, I think it's nice to imagine also. My cousin, who used to distribute your tapes to the neighborhood, is convinced that you are generally genuinely sending recording from the future. I don't. What are you talking about? For a while, he was part of a weird group trying to start a new nation. So, alam alam alikum, assalamualaikum. That's if you have. A, that's if you're in the Middle East and you see a llama. I guess alam alam alikum. Until it turned out, the United States of America tends to frown on that kind of sedition, which in the country within the country they they would. I would imagine. I would imagine. Now he is convinced via your tapes. That he knows the future, and if you can believe it, I can't even say this, Donald Trump will be president of the United States someday. That guy from Home Alone 2? Yeah. The what guy the from, fuck? The guy from Home Alone 2, the guy uh, that puts his gold name on everything. Absolutely not. A gold Trump on the White House. He just put a giant Trump stamp on the United States. Yeah, I don't see that. No. Nah. Uh, my aunt is working with the doctor to find some kind of medication to put him on. <laughs> Good choice. You might need some of that too, Scott. You two are still <laughs> as entertaining as ever, though. Genuinely love the show. Hopefully, you'll still be doing the show in 2021. I, I, if we're still doing this in 2021, I mean. That... What did we do with our lives? Yeah. If the Mayan calendar is wrong. That's true. It's supposed to end in uh, 2012. Okay, well, we still got lots of time. You guys are all that in a bag of chips. Thank you, Scott. You are all that in a bag of chips. Scott, you are my sunshine. (laughs) Oh, so thank you again, Scott. If you want to be like Scott and be the coolest kid that listens to the show, you can write us too at uh, RetroLateFee. Or what is it? Go to RetroLateFee.com. You can send us a message there or go to LateFee1994 at AOL.com. That that is correct. All right. Well, good job. Does that mean I don't have to say it again later? No, we still have to say it at the end of the show. Why do you want? To, why do you keep wanting to change things? Because I'm lazy. Why don't? How about instead of talking about what we watch, let's just talk about bullshit for ten minutes, and then we can get out of here. Hey, then, why the, not? then the show is much shorter, right? Right. We don't have to give anyone any recommendations. We can talk about what we want to eat for dinner. There you go. Let's have hamburgers for dinner tonight. Okay. Hamburger, like that comedian. They used to say hamburger all the time. Like the Hamburglar? No, no. Yeah, yeah. That famous stand-up comedian, the Hamburglar. (laughs) We saw a film. We did. We took a break from not going out to the movie theater. 
since last week we stayed in and we decided let's let's attend cinema again. Let's see a movie with the people. I just wanted the popcorn. Let's be amongst life. I like lots of butter on my popcorn. Yes, you do. Like, if the bag isn't dripping, then I'm not happy. <laughs> There's so many things going through my head right now. So many sayings. <laughs> if it's not dripping, you're tripping. It's good and salty, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because of the hole in the, the bottom of the popcorn. Right. So, at the theater... <laughs> Yeah, we want to uh, talk about you want to talk about my uh, my prowess at rage in the cage in the theater. What we went to the new Star Theater near our house, and they've got a little arcade type area in the lobby. I hate it. Oh, but I can play rage in the cage. Yeah, but see, he gets obsessed with things, so that turns into an hour of him playing. Yeah. It's well, it's a. It's not an hour. It's a. Bas- it's an hour. It's a basketball shooting game. So you're just shooting baskets, uh-huh. but the but it moves forward and back, and it goes up and down and stuff like that. And the guy says, "Rage in the cage." Yeah, that's in my brain for the rest of my life. But at least I had popcorn. I've won three free mini basketballs. By the way, win me some free fucking popcorn, then we can talk. <laughs> I pay for your popcorn. Isn't that enough? <laughs> If you want me to be impressed, and though. your juju bees or whatever you eat, what milk duds? Nah, Butterfinger BBs. <laughs> your crispy M and M's. I eat dots, yo weirdo. Dots, because they're the best. Yeah, they're the 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 most successful candy based on a nineteen fifties name. <laughs> right? Hey, dot. You don't see many dots anymore. No, you do not. We should name our daughter Dot. Let's not and say we did. Let's dot and do it. Nah. Dot like so that's dot's usually short for Dottie or whatever. But what's is Dottie short for something? Is that like a is that Dorothy? Hmm. Is that what they call Dorothy's? Like short Maybe. for Dorothy and that's that's just not popular anymore? Dorothy's also not super popular name anymore either. Yeah. That could be. Ever since the Golden Girls. <laughs> uh, I can see how no one would want to name their child Dorothy. You know, after. none of those names are popular anymore now that I think about Because they're old lady names. Sophia, Blanche, Rose, Dorothy. I think that's all That's all four, right? Yeah. None of those names are popular anymore. Yep. My mom's name is Rita. Also not a popular name anymore. I've heard of Rita's. I haven't heard of Blanche's or Dorothy's. Except for an old lady at my church. Okay. Shout out to old lady Dorothy. (laughs) I'm sure you're listening to this tape, Dorothy. (sighs) Keep singing in that choir. Yes, ma'am. Speaking of singing, and I don't think Dorothy would approve of this movie. We saw The Bird Cage. Yes, we did. Based on the stage play, La Cage au Follet. French stage play. So, it had Robin Williams, and it I did. love Robin Williams. It had Robin Williams and Gene Hackman. Lex Luthor himself, the great Gene Hackman. French right. Connection's own Gene Hackman. He's cool, too. He is. He's the best. He always plays a bad guy. Mm, does he always play a bad guy? Well, in the French Connection, he was the star. He was the... 
the whatever, you know, the the detective. Okay. Um he was the star of Hoosiers. He wasn't a bad guy per se, but he was kind of a dick. <laughs> Especially at the beginning. Like he was he was because he was a hard nosed coach. He do, he plays he plays heavies. Even if they're not bad guys, he plays severe type characters usually. Yeah. Like that submarine movie with Denzel Washington we saw. What are you talking about? Um Did we see a submarine movie? We did. I don't remember. Not hunt for yeah, well you should. Denzel Washington? Yeah. We watched this for the show. Yes, we did. Mm, I don't think so. Stop arguing with me. Um what the fuck is it? I called? think you're making this up. Would you <clears throat> would you stop messing with me? If I was going to make a submarine movie with Denzel Washington and and Gene Hackman though, I think I'd call it Crimson Tide. There you go. You meanie. <laughs> I wanted to make you feel you were insane. <laughs> Like like Scott is because he thinks we're in twenty twenty one. Yeah, what? no, he doesn't. He think he just thinks we're his, joking. He's just making up something about us joking, right? Yeah, his cousin thinks we're in twenty twenty one. Well, he is insane. So. He also thinks Donald Trump's going to get elected president. Right? That's got to be crazy. He's going to defeat Bill Clinton. I guess he can't now because Bob Dole's running against Bill Clinton. But I don't know. He'll run in two thousand. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, way to go, Donald Trump. <laughs> You know, he, he is a businessman. Maybe he'd help with the budget. I, I guess stranger things have happened. Yeah. So, I'm just wondering if you might want to talk about this movie. Nah, I don't know. Go ahead. Um, talk about <clears throat> it. Let's talk about it in broad strokes. Well, in broad strokes, I'll say this was kind of a muted performance from Robin Williams. Yes, very restra- restrained and I think in a good way, though, Rest- yeah. restrained in a role where he could have gone way over the top flamboyant. Yep. I think that Robin Williams is a friend to the gay community. because, And I think he took this role very seriously and worked very diligently to not make this a farce right. of a performance. Because, and the reason I say that is because, and I, I don't know a lot about him personally. I know he's like gay, but I think he's friends with gay gay people. Uh, but the reason I say that is because he was also in that movie, uh, To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, in a very minor role. He was the guy in the bar that gave them the money for the, oh, te- yeah. the plane tickets. Yeah, you're right. So I think he's I think he's a a friend of this community of gay people and of transvestites or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember. Tu Wong Fu told us what to call them. Transvestites and... Transsexual, transsexual, yeah, that was the other one. Yep, but yeah, I mean, and then just a boy in a dress. <sighs> that was mean. Well, that's what they said. It was still mean. Agreed. There's a lot of meanness in this movie too. That made me sad. Uh, what? What kind of meanness? Well, I mean, that would involve going into the plot. We can go into the. I didn't say don't go into the plot. No, the plot is locked down. <laughs> I didn't say we couldn't go into the plot. I'm just saying. When you say broad strokes, I feel like that's more like impressions. Well, and stuff. usually like impressions of uh, of Hank Azaria as a gay guy. <laughs> that's a performance that doesn't work for me in this movie. Yeah, I did not. That's an over the top, farcical, not funny, in borderline insulting performance. Yeah. Yeah, especially with Robin Williams, you know, acting his ass off next to him. It didn't... 
Yeah, plus he's 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 pretending to be Puerto Rican too, I guess, or no Guatemalan. He's pretending to be Guatemalan too, so he's all like, "Yeah, you know, yeah." I can't do I can't do the shitty fake accent that he does. It was bad. It was bad. Stick to voicing characters on The Simpsons, Hank Azaria. <laughs> no offense, I'm sure he's a good guy. Yeah, he's definitely not Puerto Rican. No, he's he's from like fucking Boston or something. No, he's not, not even from Boston. He's from like Pennsylvania or something like that. I didn't like his character either. The way they're like, oh, he doesn't wear shoes because shoes make him fall. Like, who can't walk in a pair of shoes? Yeah, this guy is basically like he's a walking pratfall. Yeah, he's worse than Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live. Right. No, it was sad because Robin Williams' son is yeah. getting married, yeah. and he's embarrassed of his gay father and his uh, transvestite, transsexual, whatever father's friend slash mom slash stepmom slash adopted mom, but it's actually a dude. It's so complicated, and I don't know how to say it. You're so weird. <laughs> I don't think that he's a transsexual but I think that character, he's gay, and he performs as a woman for the club that they own called The Birdcage, where apparently all the Kennedys attend. There's a lot of politics in this movie, and yeah. I didn't really see that coming for a comedy. But Well, it's a comedy about homosexuals, though. So. Yeah. They mentioned Bob Dole like five times in this <laughs> movie, which is very funny to me. But, yeah, um... I think he's, I guess, a transvestite. So he doesn't want to be a woman. Well, maybe he does though, because there's a couple times when they call her, they call him she. Yeah. And Robin Williams says you're not a woman, and he's like, oh, you know, he gets all pissed off and stuff. Yeah, and and at the end of the movie, when he's like, I only have one mom, and he's talking to the guy, played by Nathan Lane, by the way, who. Is I've never seen him do anything before. I've heard him do one thing before. Okay, but I guess he's mostly worked on Broadway. He's fantastic in this movie. Great, like hilarious, fantastic performance. Just insanely good. Um, but I recognized his voice. He's the fucking whatever, not the warthog. The other one from the Lion King. Oh, Timon or Pumbaa. I think. Pumbaa is the warthog. He's okay. the other one. Okay. Not the one that, uh, he's the, the wisecracking one. Nah, there's grubs. Sure. Or whatever. <laughs> That's his voice. So I haven't seen him in anything else. I just heard him in The Lion King. But yeah, he's good in this. And I think he, he and Robin Williams work really well together. He was okay in this. I don't think he was great. <sighs> wow. Really? I think he was a little over the top. I think he's supposed to be, though. He's the... That's why Robin Williams gets to be the anchor. Yeah. He gets to be the anchor of this because I don't think it works if he's not over the top. Because if he just plays it as, you know, not no pun intended, as straight as Robin Williams does, then there's not much of a conflict. Then you can really easily believe, believe that they would be able to host this family and everything would be okay. Yeah. I think he's got to be over the top in order for the conflict to make sense. Yeah, that's true. So, just real, like, broad strokes of the plot. 
just so you guys know what we're talking about. If you again, if you haven't seen it, I don't know why you're listening to this, but yeah, go see it. But if you just like to listen to us talk about movies, or you just love the sound of our voice, the broad strokes is uh, as Carol pointed out. There's these two guys that are gay that are have been in a relationship for a long, long time, and they they own this club called the Birdcage. It's a big uh, South Beach hangout in Florida. And his son is away in college and is getting married to the actress's name. I looked it up. Is uh, It's another one of those weird, weird names. Callista uh, Flockhart. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like... Good luck in Hollywood with that name. I don't know. <laughs> Like, anyway, get get married real quick to someone with a boring last name. Sounds like some kind of Greek mythological character. <laughs> Look, it's the Callista Flockhart. <laughs> oh my god. Save the children. Um anyway, so they are getting engaged. Or they're engaged. They're mm-hmm. gonna get married. He's twenty, she's eighteen. So Insanely they're young. young, yeah. Yeah, very young. Younger than us? Who's, Who's to, to say? say? Yeah. <laughs> so so uh they you know he comes and tells him that they're getting married. Her dad is a very conservative senator. Much more cons- like he thinks Bob Dole's too liberal. They he mentions a couple times where people are too liberal and it's like oh you're you know you're very conservative. Right. So he's this conservative senator uh who's got this moral like I don't know moral fiber campaign or something like that. And he partnered with this other conservative senator named Jackson, but Jackson dies. Yeah. And he dies after having sex with a black prostitute. Who is underage. Oh, uh, yeah. And apparently his last words were, your money's on the dresser, chocolate. Oh, my God. I missed that part. And they said in the news story, they're like, Jesse Jackson says his last words, your money's on the dresser, chocolate, is uh, racially insensitive. And it's like... I agree, Jesse Jackson. I mean, not the real Jesse Jackson, the fictional Jesse Jackson in this fictional universe. But I agree, fake Jesse Jackson. But also, <laughs> like, that's maybe one of the smallest things about this story. Right? He was cheating on his wife with a prostitute who was underage. <laughs> maybe that's the bigger story. Yeah, all all of it's pretty pretty bad there. So anyway. Uh, yeah, he was doing one of those, like, fantasy, like, you know, I'm the slave owner fantasy kind of things. Wow. Don't you think? Um, why? Because he was a white dude having sex with a black girl? Because he's an arch-conservative white guy having sex with an underage black prostitute, and his last words were, your money's on the dresser chocolates. Do you think that slave owners pay, uh, the girls they have sex with? (laughs) Yeah, I think that, that's... This is a one-to-one analogy, Carol. That's what I think. What I'm saying is there's a difference between someone who actually loves someone who's black and there's a di- and, and someone who is like, I want to have power. Like, he still seems racist. Well, yeah. The fact that he's having sex with this girl doesn't mean he's not racist. Because he calls her chocolate. Well, I mean, I, we don't get a lot of we don't get a lot of story points on him. He dies off screen almost before the movie begins, right? So we don't get a lot of information on him. But based on the little information I have, I would say he probably was racist. And 
when someone who's racist wants to have sex with a black person, it makes me think that there are power dynamics at play there as opposed to love. Well, of course it's not love. It's sex with a prostitute. Jeez. So that's what I'm talking about. Okay. So keep fighting me on it. I don't want to fight you on it. (laughs) Anyway, so, uh, so he dies. When... Callista Flockhart starts to... What was her... Do you remember her name? No. You know I don't remember names. When Jane starts to tell her (laughs) her parents... Oh, her mom is also played by Diane Weist. Love Diane Weist. She doesn't get much to do in this movie. No. But I do like her. Uh, She has one outburst at the end that comes out of nowhere almost. But anyway, uh, when she starts to tell him, they're like, well, what's the family like? And she lies because she knows that they wouldn't approve or like this in any way. Hmm. So she says, oh, he's a cultural attache to to Greece. It was so stupid, but I mean, you know, she's young. Yes. So the, then uh, the mom suggests after this death and everything, this huge political scandal, there's, there's people outside his house the whole time. I get they're somewhat associated, but... I don't see why this is such a big deal for him. Come out of your house to the front door or just hold a press conference yourself. Be like, you know, hey, he was a friend of mine. I had no idea of this part of his life. We obviously strongly denounce uh, all of this. Right. This is not representative of what I stand for or what our program stands for. Don't let the actions of one heavily flawed person destroy the good moral work we're trying to do yeah it's it's an like it's a slam dunk press conference who is advising uh gene hackman nobody he doesn't seem like he listens to anyone no so anyway they decide hey what's something that would build goodwill we could we could do the wedding so we're gonna we're gonna have this big white wedding and everything's gonna be hunky-dory so we have to meet the parents. So that's where the the conflict comes in. They want to come and meet the parents. They believe that the parents are a man and a woman and that one's a cultural attaché and the other one's a housewife. And truly, they are two men who mm-hmm. live together above a nightclub that one of them owns and the other one stars at in a drag show? Yes. Yeah. That's correct. It's called a drag show. So It's like a drag race. So not exactly the same. No, no, that's what makes it a lie. But what I don't understand... Thank you for keeping up with the plots. What I don't understand mm-hmm. is why they didn't just have dinner somewhere else. Well, yes, that would have taken care of some of the problems. Because, like, the son wants them to redecorate their whole house, and he wants his dad's... Boyfriend? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess, sure. His I mean, dad's Nathan Lane. Yeah. No. His dad's Robin Williams. No, no, no. Not possession. Instead of saying his dad's boyfriend, I said his dad's Nathan Lane. Oh. <laughs> but he wants him to leave. Mm-hmm. Which I think is terrible and insulting. It's his house. Yeah. Like, just... Well, it makes it seem like, you know, you're an embarrassment to us. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the son is being incredibly hurtful. I, I really don't like him. 
Like, it makes me angry, and I want to kick him in the balls. I get where he's coming from, sort of. But, yes, I agree. I wouldn't wouldn't react the way he does. And I wouldn't agree to it if I were them, either. No, I'd be like, we don't want to meet him, then. Fuck him. Right. (laughs) Oh, well. Figure it out. Yep, exactly. So, but they do agree. Robin Williams tries to go to his, the, the, we get a brief explanation of what happened, how, how he came about having a son that is biologically his son, because he slept with Christine Baranski. Because she paid the doorman to let her into his room, and he was like, oh, I'll see what, what the straight guys are raving about. Yeah. And he had, they had sex twice. Twice. So he must have liked it. Yeah. I think there's some heterosexuality there. Yeah. Maybe, or maybe he's a bisexual. Well, that, yeah, that's. I guess that's what I meant. Yeah. I want to know. Like, she says, oh, the money you gave me, let me buy this place or start this business or whatever. How much did he give her? Did he buy the baby? Why did he have to give her money? The, like, there there needed to be more there. I guess the implication is she didn't want the baby. Right. And he said, if you carry the baby to term and give me the baby because I want the baby, then... I will give you $10,000 or whatever it was. And, you know, you that's for your time. For your time and trouble and, and stuff. And I'll pay your medical bills or whatever. Yeah. Like what people do when they do that, what is it called, surrogate? Right. When they do that, when they pay someone, if they can't have a baby, they'll pay someone to have a baby for them. And it looks like he was with his boyfriend while he was raising... This kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess they, they got together shortly afterwards. Hopefully it was after because he's pretty uh, suspicious and jealous when they're alone together. Maybe so. maybe that maybe that's another backstory thing. Maybe he did cheat on yeah. him once with her and that's why he's so fearful. And, you know, you'd think this kid would uh, be more grateful. Yeah, you would think so. And not such a little shit. But kids are never grateful. I don't like him. So, what did you think of the movie as a whole? I really, I liked it a little, but mostly I think I didn't. Well, you said that was terrible after we were I didn't say terrible. I never said terrible. Okay, what did you say? I said I didn't like it. Hmm. But, I mean, like, talking about it, it's like I can see there are good points about it. I just, I mean, I did not enjoy the movie. I found it boring in a lot of places. Um, I It's weird. It's weird, right? Yeah. It's weird for... A movie with this cast of characters to be boring sometimes. And yeah, and I mean, it was either boring or over the top. It was, there was not a ton of good, solid middle ground for it to stand on. I think what works about this movie is Nathan Lane and Robin Williams together. Okay. Whenever they were together, I think the movie came alive. And when they were on their own, or not on the screen at all, which was few and far between. But if they were, because they separated for a portion of this movie. Right. And when they're separated, I, I think it falls apart. Yeah. Robin, some of the Robin Williams scenes are okay without Nathan Lane. But yeah, it, 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 it doesn't work unless they're together on the screen at the same time. And, the, you know, that's part of why the end, I think, works more. Because they're together... He's dressed up like a woman. They're going through this craziness. What? Well, I don't think the end does work. Okay, well, tell me why. Because it's too over the top. 
What's over the top about it? You have to be more descriptive than saying it's too over the top. Um, just the craziness that's going on, like the soup. Okay, mm-hmm. they they make this pretend Puerto Rican uh, Guatemalan whatever make the maid cook. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. And then the maid chooses yes to cook peasant soup, mm-hmm. but. It's ridiculous that, A, he doesn't know how to cook and that they never bother to ask and that he makes this soup that's, like, disgusting and they have nothing else to serve and then he's, like, practically in tears trying to throw shrimp in it and, like, all the back and forth in the kitchen. It was, like, it was like uh, it should have been a comedy sketch, not part of a movie. It was too much. Okay. What about the rest of the, the end? Like, the whole scene with them together. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Gene Hackman being enamored with Nathan Lane as a woman. Yeah, that was kind of cute. That was kind of cute. Yeah, I, th- so, I feel like there's a juxtaposition in the end where we're, we're either dealing with very quiet moments with Gene Hackman or insanity, like you're talking about, in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I think that juxtaposition is a big part. It's a, it's it's weird tonal shifts within the the last third of the movie. We go from understated comedy of a gay guy who's dressed as a woman, first of all, fooling Gene Hackman right. somehow, and also saying stuff like, "Oh, you know." Uh, why would you, you know, when they're talking about abortion, like, oh, you know, just kill the mothers. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, why would you kill the baby? Kill, you know, kill the mothers, I say. And then they're like, and I know what you're saying, you know, um, you know, the fetus will die too, but hey, let them go down with the ship. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's funny, but it's funny in an understated way. And when you mix that with the weird, like you're talking about slapstick and hysteria of Hank Azaria, the hysteria of Hank Azaria. Uh, <laughs> being like, I don't know how to cook, and you know, like all this stuff. Uh, it's it's too jarring. It's just uh, it's just too weird of a tonal shift. It's two different kind of comedy. It's two different kind of of hu- two different kinds of humor that don't mix right. very well. Thank you for being able to say it in a more logical way. But yeah, and that's what I think. I so I think parts of the end work really well, and I think parts of the end i like the under the understated parts i like the understated comedy i thought that was much funnier uh in the end than the over the top kind of stuff yeah so those parts worked for me the other parts didn't okay overall like i said i i I think it works the the scenes where where uh, i almost said bruce willis i don't know why (laughs) Bruce Willis would have been weird in this movie. This, right. <laughs> uh, the scenes where Robin Williams is trying to teach Nathan Lane how to be a man. Oh, that was kind of funny. Those were funny. Like that little vignette in the middle of the movie. Because that's, again, that's them being on screen together. And they're very, they play off each other really well. See, and what I don't understand, though, is like, how does he not know how to be a man? Like... He is a man. He was at least he was born a man, and he spent at least part of his life trying to be a man, right? So he should at least have some idea without needing to be taught. I don't think so, though, because what they're what what they're talking about is what you would consider traditional masculinity, 
like liking sports and spitting and testosterone stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe maybe gay guys have less testosterone than heterosexual males. And if they do, that's going to affect cuz hormones affect how you think and how you act. That's going to affect how they that's going to affect his mannerisms, that's going to affect how he acts, things like that. If you're born where your body chemistry is different than most guys, then you're not just going to know how to be a guy. That's just you're yeah. not it's not going to happen. I guess that's true. And I think that was the big one of the big things is of this movie and that's the other thing too. I guess the message of this movie is to love yourself as who you are. Right. And to just be yourself. But that message gets very muddled and lost in this. Because we do more slapsticky bullshit that I don't think really serves the story. Um I I wish you know, at the end, like you said, how he's like, Well, I only have one mother and it's Nathan Lane. Um that's supposed to be, I guess, the the exclamation point of I am proud of where I come from and who my fam- family is and stuff like that. But it's it's there's not enough of it. There's not enough yeah. of a through line of that message coming through this movie. There's there is none of that until that until that end. I mean, and it it kind of feels out of place and not earned. Yeah, I think the script could have been more tightly written, and I think it could have done with a fair amount of editing, fair mm. amount of taking out of some of this this stuff that's not in service to the story and to put in more things that are in service to the story. And you know, Robin Williams and Nathan Lane's relationship, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems kind of obvious what it was to watch it, but it's very undefined. Yeah. I agree with you. We don't know how close they are. I mean, it seems like they're living together and that they're lovers or whatever, but you never see them be lovers. You never see any kind of romantic no. thing between them. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious, though. Yeah, but it's it's still not direct. And, like, they have the galimony Agreement? Palimony. Pa- or palimony, I mean. Palimony agreement. What would galimony be? I don't know. <laughs> palimony. But I mean, like, that's if that... you marry Galactus. And like, the one. I want to eat the world. The one time that he, he's trying to define their relationship to somebody, I don't remember who he was talking to, he's like, he's my friend. Mm-hmm. He's important to me. I don't remember what else he said, but none of it was like, I love him or he's my partner or, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. It seemed kind of weird. And like, even the palimony agreement, like I thought they split up and that was them getting back together was agreeing that they'd split everything if they split up. Like, I don't, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. That's the thing is, so palimony comes from, uh, Farrah Fawcett and, Lee Majors. Oh, when, this is an actual thing. <laughs> yes, when they were when they were together, they weren't married. Like a- alimony with no p is money that you know. Let's say like two people get together, one of them's rich. You like let's say the guy's rich because that's I guess normally how it goes. Because uh, women, you know, don't get enough opportunities, uh, and so they get divorced. And alimony is the money that he pays his ex wife. To maintain the lifestyle that they had when they were married, essentially. Um, because they weren't married, 
Farrah Fawcett sued, or was it Farrah Fawcett? It might not have been Farrah Fawcett. It might have been, might have been the woman that, I think it was Farrah Fawcett. Anyway, she successfully sued, whoever it was, she successfully sued him, Lee Majors, uh, to get money even though they weren't married. They were in a long-term committed relationship, but they weren't married. And the press dubbed it palimony, like they were pals instead of alimony. So that's where that's, that term comes from. Um, and that's what they're talking about. I assume it's like a way because they can't get married or anything like that. I guess it's a way to formalize their relationship where it's basically, it's an agreement that says if anything happens to one of us. So like if he, it's almost like a will too. Like if he dies, then he gets the club and he transferred ownership of the club into Nathan Lane's name. So Nathan Lane owns the club, but if anything happens to him, Robin Williams gets half. Okay. That's essentially what they were talking about. And if that was an issue, that's brought up very briefly once at the beginning of the movie, and then in that scene, and that's it. And it's not, there's not enough there. Like you said, that the their relationship is murky and weirdly ill-defined. And I mean, even like I'm saying, like, even they're splitting up and getting back together isn't clear. Yeah. Like, I was never really sure where they stood. Yeah, I think that's another thing. And I, maybe part of that is that, and I've never, I haven't seen the French stage play, so I don't know if, it's, if they're more overtly lovers in that or not. Maybe this is some weird compromise because they don't want to show full-on gayness in a movie. Maybe. I don't know, but I agree. I think that could have that would have made it better too. I generally liked the movie, but there are it's so funny when we talk about stuff like this and you start to point things out, I start to think about things that I don't like about the movie and I'm like, <laughs> mm, I don't know, maybe I didn't like this movie that much. But I generally like the movie for the things that work about it because I think the things that work about it really stand out. But there's a lot of problems with the yeah. movie. And there are some there are some pacing problems with the movie. Like the end starts to ramp up a lot more, but there there are some there are some draggy spots. Definitely. In the film, so, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know if I would necessarily tell people to go out and see this in the theater. This might be a, a stay home and wait for it to come out on Blockbuster in a year and rent it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. It's worth. It's worth seeing, but not in the theater. Yeah, you don't. It's not one you need to see in the theater. Well, anyway, that is our episode for the week. Carol, he's making me repeat myself. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, God, how 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 dare you say anything more than once? <laughs> Go ahead and visit our website at www.retrolatefee.com. While you're there, you can find out about the uh, contest we currently have going for our mm-hmm. Patreon members. That's right. And you can check out patreon.com slash retrolatefee. Yep. And uh, write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. That's right. And tell a friend about the show. Please do. All right. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.